You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Come with me in your Bibles, Mark 16. We're going to read from verse 14 to 18. Probably help if I get there myself. Mark 16, verse 14 to 18. The title of my message this morning is Those Who Believe. Those Who Believe. Those who believe. All right, Mark 16, let's go, verse 14. Later, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who behaves and is back, excuse me, he who, come on somebody, he who, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. I'm a believer. All right, well then we should see some signs following. There should be a trail of evidence because these signs will, not might, not as a great possibility, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, will by no means harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, so the title of my message today is Those Who Believe. Those Who Believe. Whether you, whether you realize this or not, you, you, you are a believer. You do believe something. We had Candace Owens on Thursday night and she was talking about an encounter that she had with a, with a particular famous YouTube atheist. And, and I, you know, atheists don't believe in God. Atheists believe that God's don't, you know, God doesn't exist. And, and the truth is, in my 53 years of living life on this planet, I'll tell you something that doesn't exist is, is a happy atheist. Never, never met one, never found one. They're all miserable. They're all angry. Never met a happy atheist. They're all, all like that. So, uh, so she was talking about how uh, the atheists, it's, it's not that they don't believe, they just, they just, they do believe, they have faith, they just transfer it. You know, they've got faith in, you know, they, 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 they mock Christianity, oh, you believe about a magic garden with magic fruit and a talking snake, oh, that's a fairy tale. Well, what do you believe? I believe that a princess can kiss a frog and it turns into a handsome prince, but replace princess with evolution and replace kiss with billions of years. Same thing. Actually, I believe in our story a lot, a lot more than, than what I believe in yours. So everybody believes something. Everybody believes something. But what you believe, what you believe determines your future. So... So there's a lot of people that you'll, you'll hear there as you say, well, you know, you've got your faith, but I've got my science. I'm not really a faith person. I'm a science person. And it sounds so superior. It's like, you know, I believe in facts and evidence and you obviously believe in fairy tales. <laughs> You're caught up in wee little leprechauns running around. But, 
But the word faith in the Hebrew is the word imunah, imunah. Imunah, faith, comes from the word imun, truth. Faith doesn't come from fiction. Faith doesn't come from just believing, you know, in, I just want to be, you know, positive thoughts and just, you know, believe in fairy tales. That's not where faith comes from. Faith Romans 10, 17, cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes from truth. Faith is built on truth. In fact, if, if, if you look at the etymology of the, 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 the word for faith in Hebrew, emunah, it comes from emun, and the ah is the breath of God. When God breathes on truth, the, the Bible says all scripture was written by inspiration to inspire when you expire, you <sighs> inspire is the breathing on. God will take a scripture and he will breathe on it. He will put his <sighs> and it'll, it'll hit you in your spirit. God breathed into Adam and <gasps> Adam becomes a living being. When this, That's why it's so important to be in the word because when you're in the word, God will <sighs> breathe on the word. It'll come into your spirit and it'll awaken something. It'll cause something on the inside of you to come alive come alive and so so faith comes from truth faith faith is truth when God quickens it to you and breathes it every single one of you will have many of these experiences like oh my gosh Mike, I was reading in the Bible. I had no idea that God wants me to flourish. I had no idea that if I get planted in the house of the God, if I'm not just a potted plant Christian, just traveling from church, you know, with my shallow little root system, why am I not bearing fruit? Why is everyone else bearing fruit? I go to all the right conferences. I get all the right men of God to lay hands on me, but I'm not, it's because you're not planted. You're not letting your roots go down deep. You will find that as, as your life will flourish, as you allow the Holy Ghost to breathe on different truths. I say all of that to say this, that <clears throat> the Bible opens up with Adam and Eve being put in a garden, the Garden of Eden. Well, Adam was put in there and then Eve was created in there. And they, they, they were evicted, they lost Eden, they lost paradise. And the Bible says there was, there was angels with flaming swords guarding the entrance so they could not physically re-enter the garden. That they were expelled from the garden because of their violation of God's law or God's word. So, so you know, this book's Paradise Lost. But I want you to know the, the entire gospel tells us that you and I actually have access. The physical Eden was destroyed in a flood. I was watching this documentary where, anyway, it just, people ignorant of scriptures say the dumbest things. And uh, we, we, the physical Eden was destroyed by the flood. But, but God's intention was for you and I to live a paradisical life. You and I, to it's, it's not just pie in the sky when you die. It's steak on the plate while you wait. It's, it's like right here. God, you, people should look at your life and say, I know that heaven is real because I see, I see glimpses of it in your life right here, right now. So we, we access, if we were expelled from violating the Word of God, isn't it interesting that the Bible says that it's by faith we access the promises. 
isn't it interesting that the Bible says that all the promises of God in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And that we access those promises, we access through faith. What is faith? Faith is choosing to believe God's word. Adam and Eve were expelled from paradise because of their disobedience and violation of God's word. But I want you to know, even though angels physically stop them from physically being able to enter in, there is a, a way in for you and I to enter into an Edenic. How do I know this to be true? Because I'm living it. Like I'm telling you, I am not smart enough to date a Leanne let alone get to marry a Leanne. I'm not, I'm not that, I'm telling you, no. Didn't have the moves. That, that, totally God, totally God. To, to get called to a city that I'd never seen, been to, to see what God, I'm not that smart. To do life with extraordinary people like you, I'm not that good. I'm, I am living evidence, exhibit A, of that if you will believe God's word, your life will elevate and you'll begin to see a paradisical experience. You'll begin to say, I had no idea that life could be this good. There are days you'll feel guilty. It's like, should life really be this good? Gonna feel guilty. Don't feel guilty, just get generous. Just get generous. You're blessed to be a blessing. That's the whole point. The Bible says a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. The river didn't flow into Eden. It wasn't like, no. You know, God, God, God is not Gollum. My precious. You know, and everything, all the resources were meant to feed Eden. No, no, Eden was meant to feed the world. God loved Eden. Outside of Eden was a wilderness. And God wanted Eden, the paradise, to overcome wilderness. And so a river flowed out of Eden. God gave Adam a commission in Eden to go out of Eden, to fill the earth, be fruitful and multiply because God wanted the experience of, 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 of this paradise in Eden to be the experience of the entire world. Eden is now the church. The church is now, we're meant to have a flow out from, from here. And that's why we, have, we, we, we make no apologies for the fact that you are gonna live. And Eden literally means garden of delights. It is a garden of delights. If there's week after week, day after day, testimony after testimony of we had no idea that marriage could be this good. We had no idea how to parent. We had no idea that our children, we're watching our children flourish, our children grow in faith. We're, man, we're seeing our businesses flourish. We're seeing relationships. We had no idea that it's a garden of delights. Your life should, the, the, the sinners and the wicked and the atheists, they should look at your life and say, my God, I cannot, ex I cannot get around the fact that they have what I want. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. So welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. So come on, let me give you three quick thoughts in, oh dear Jesus. All right. Number one, number one. So, so everything's, everything's accessed by faith. So number one is faith advances your life. Faith advances your life. In other words, you, you believe your way forward. You believe your way forward. When you were born, you came out head first. Nothing has changed since then. When, 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 when you're in the, the, the labor ward, that, that will say 
The baby's about to come because there's a crowning. The crowning means that the head is engaged and birth is imminent. Within moments, the child will, will leave the sanctity and the protection of the womb and be born into this world because the head is engaged. God is the God of creation. All science, any science that says, I don't believe in God, is just, okay, well, you're just a little bit wet behind the, you're just a little bit slow. Because the same God that created the cosmos, the same God who wrote the scriptures is the same God that created creation. And, and the synergy and the amen between the Bible and biology, between science and scripture is there. So in the same way that you came in from a confined place into a large place, into, from darkness into light was head first. Every breakthrough in your life is head first. That's why the Bible says that you are transformed by the renewing of your, your trans. So, so every breakthrough must come as you begin to believe different. In Mark chapter five, there's a, there's a story of a man by the name of Jairus. And Jairus has a 12 year old daughter who is, who is at death's door. And even though Jairus is the ruler of the synagogue and Jesus is, is, is kind of an outlaw, he's kind of being outlawed, any interaction with Jesus, but Jairus could not get around the fact that Jesus has seen miracles. There's power in Jesus' theology, but there's no power, there's no life in the Pharisees' religious, restrictive, legalistic, hypocritical, corrupt theology. And so Jairus is like, this is my daughter. You know what? I'm, and so he comes to Jesus. When he comes to Jesus, you know the story. He comes to Jesus. Jesus says, I'll come to your house and I'll heal your daughter. As they're walking, there's a woman who for 12 years, interesting, the play on 12 there, who for 12 years has been suffering with, with, with blood loss. She's, she's, she has not been able to, to stop bleeding. And, and, and she comes behind him because when she heard about Jesus, she said, if only I may touch him. She, she said within herself, if only I may, she had spent all that she had with physicians, with the doctors, didn't get better, but grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she said within herself, in other words, her believing and her confession align, if only I may touch the hem of his, and she grabbed him and Jesus stops in the crowd and he says, who touched me? And the the disciples are like, what are you talking about? Everybody is thronging you. Get back, God. Everyone's touching you. Jesus, no, no, no. I'm not saying who, somebody touched me because I felt power leave my body. And the woman says, it was I. And the very moment that I touched you, the bleeding for 12 years instantly stopped. And Jesus says, oh, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. In other words, because you believed something it's by faith that the power of God travels from heaven into your life. Faith is the access key. So now, so now this commotion happens. No sooner has this commotion finished and Jesus has recommenced his journey to Jairus' house, the Bible says that somebody came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and, they, and says to Jairus with Jesus listening, Jesus is a third party observer. He says, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Your daughter is dead. The Bible says Jesus immediately 
grabs Jairus and says, don't be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. Do not be afraid, only believe and she will be made well. The title of this message is those who believe, those who believe. See, because he heard the report, your daughter is dead, why trouble the teacher? Now Jesus was a great teacher, but don't you dare reduce him to just a teacher. Don't you dare reduce him to just a rabbi. They called him rabbi, Rabboni, but he was more than a rabbi, he was more than a teacher. The Bible says he was the word became flesh. He, he was the, 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 the visible image of the invisible God. He, he, he had the, the spirit without measure. The, the, the Jesus was, was, was God incarnate. He was Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus immediately turns and says, do not be afraid, only believe. Do, 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 right, now, right now you can go to fear because the experts have said she's dead. It, it, it's game over. Fear is believing something you can't see will happen. It's so different to faith. Faith is believing something you can't see will happen. It's so different to fear. Fear is believing something you can't see will happen. Faith is believing something you can't see will happen. It's different to fear. Fear is believing something you can't see will happen. But faith, one is negative, one is positive. Jesus says to him, don't go to fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. 2020, 2020, the devil came in. How do you know the devil came in? Because he released a spirit of fear on the world. People lost their minds in 2020. No, they lost their businesses, they lost it. No, no, they lost their minds in 2020. A spirit of fear kills three things. Kills three things. The Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear, but one of love, one of power, and one of a sound mind. Where fear is, love isn't. Fear and love can't be in the same room. They can't coexist. So we saw cities burning down, riots in the street, muggings in the street. I don't know why murders have gone up. I don't know why violent crime went up. I can tell you, it's because fear came in and where fear is, there is no love, there is no power and there is no soundness of mind. The Bible's been saying it for thousands of years. But go ahead, you're smarter than the Bible, aren't you? And so we live in a world where, where fear rose. People lost their minds. People, people all, all kinds of irrationale. Now, now I know, I know, I know, I know that they're saying that, you know, the, 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 the virus COVID came out of Wuhan. It came out of a lab in China and Fauci was, you know. But if, if I was honest with you, if you look, if you study the behavior of COVID, I feel like it's more British. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I feel like it's come from the British aristocracy. No, just, just, just go with me for a moment because I, I, you know, I, was, I was flying yesterday on Alaska Airlines and they said, you know, as you're lining up to, to board your flight, make sure that you're socially distanced. Make sure you're socially distanced, you know, because of COVID. So you had to be, you know, six feet from the person in front. But then the person in front of me was sitting next to me. which is safe because, you know, COVID says, no, 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 excuse me, what, what, what are you doing? 
Well, well, you know, we're with you. We're ready to, you know, like pounce. No, darling, no, darling. No, see how they're, they're, they're six feet apart as they're lined up? Oh, we can't, you can't touch them while they're sick now. Obviously, five feet, go for it, but not six feet. We're British, darling. We're British. Um, and then COVID's like, all right, now we'll pounce. They're sitting right now. What are you doing, darling? Well, well, for, you know, they're sitting next to each other. They're no longer six feet apart. No, no, we're British, darling. We, we don't, once they're seated, we, we don't attack. All right, well, you know, as soon as they take that mask off, I'm going to get them. What are you doing now, darling? Well, I just took their mask off. No, 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 no. You can't attack. They're eating peanuts. All right. I'm going to have to have a powwow here, darling. Come on, COVID. Gather around with me, darling. Gather around. Now, listen, even though we're a deadly virus, we're still virtuous when we leave my principle. Yes, yes, I know that masks don't... I know, I know. However... If they're going to put it on, we won't attack them. No, yes, I know we're 300 times smaller than the paws. I know that, darling. But, but we're, not, we're not going to attack them. And what's it? No, 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 no. Yes, absolutely. If they walk into a restaurant without the mask, you're, it's free. But once they're seated, one, oh, they're seated. Oh, gosh, so I don't know, I don't even know if it came from China. To me, it sounds more British, doesn't it? People lost their, their minds. They stopped following data because fear will make you irrational. Fear is believing something you can't see will happen. Faith, Jesus says, go to faith. When Jesus gets it, he says, Talitha kum, my little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately she comes back to life. I, I, when we came to San Diego, you know what they told us? They told us, oh, you know, um, there's no zoning for churches in San Diego. You can't build a, a spirit-filled church in San Diego. It's a Calvary Chapel stronghold and, and people, and whatever you do, don't talk about money. And you, what, you're also gonna put women, are you, gonna, are you kidding me? You're gonna have one day, you're gonna have a Natalie Contreras get up here and prophesy. And do you, do you know how offensive that is to people? Like you can't empower women. Don't you know that there's, don't you know that they're, especially in the, we just make this decision, make this decision that you are not going to allow the loudest narrative in your life be one that comes from people that don't include God. Because you will get advice, 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 but it's advice that is without God. The word Gentile the word Gentile in the, in the Bible literally means those without God. So when you see about the Jews and the Gentile, Gentile means without God. Don't listen to the people without God who are gonna give you, well, you can't buy a home in San Diego. Don't, no, no, no. When they came here, all the people said, hey, without God, it's impossible. Without God, it's, you know, without God, you're not gonna get, a, without God. And so I just made a decision. I'm not sure what part you missed, but I'm here with God. I'm here sent by God, being obedient to God. And he said he will never leave me nor forsake me. So thank you for your advice. Your advice comes from without God. Don't take advice. Advice, oh, oh, did I just disconnect it? Sorry. Don't take advice from people that want to give you counsel without God. That's why you're the smartest people because you're in church on a Sunday with God. All right, number two. I know I'm already over time. Oh, that were good, but I don't have to. Number two, faith enters. Faith 
enters. Jesus said this to Martha. He comes to the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus is dead, D-E-D, dead. He's been dead for four days. And Jesus says, Martha, roll away the stone. And she's like, Lord, he's been dead four days. At this time, there'll be a great stench. In other words, if you roll away the stone, what'll come out is the foul stench of a rotting corpse where there's no ventilation in Middle Eastern sun. And Jesus says, Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? When your believing changes, your seeing changes. The world will try and tell you, seeing is believing. I'll believe it when I see it. Jesus says, uh-uh-uh, kingdom's the opposite. Kingdom says, believe and then you'll see. Believe and then you'll see. The church is a place where your believing gets challenged, where your believing gets upgraded. We're trying to encourage you that you can believe in God. We're in this mess because the devil says, can you really trust God? Has God really said? But in this house, you will find there's an elevation where, yeah, not only did God say, Jesus three times says, it is written, and that's where I put my money. It is written, and that's where I put my hopes. It is written, and that's where my anchor, that's where my rock, that's where my found, it is written, devil. And that's where I stand. Believing the Word of God will elevate you. Twelve spies cross the Jordan. And twelve spies teach us three things. The first thing they teach us is that what you believe determines how you perceive. Because ten spies, all twelve, saw the same land, the same giants, the same fortified cities, the same milk and honey, the same grapes. They, they, all 12 saw this, they walked the same soil. They walked the same paths. They saw the same pictures. 10 of the 12 said, we are not able. We are like grasshoppers in their sight and we are like grasshoppers in our sight. We are not able, they are stronger than we. Because they believed they were victims they saw the promised land with the perception that it was impossible, that it was inaccessible. Here's the tragedy that what you believe determines what you perceive, which ultimately determines what you will receive in this life. I need to say that again because I feel like it didn't land it. What you believe determines how you perceive and how you perceive determines how you or what you will receive in this life. Because two spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, what are you talking about? Their protection has departed from them. They are our bread. They are our food. Let us go up at once. If the Lord delights in us, hello, He just opened up a Red Sea. I think He delights in us. We are able to go. Ten spies believed different. Same land. Same giants, same cities, same grapes, same milk and honey, same. But 10, because of what they believed, their perception was off 
And so what they received was they died this side of the Jordan. They perished in the wilderness. But two, Joshua and Caleb, who believed differently, perceived differently, and received differently, they crossed into the Jordan River. They took down Giants. They took down Jericho. They took down Ai. They took down Jebus. They took down city after city. They destroyed nation after nation. They possessed the promised land. I don't know about you, but life is too short for me to have misguided believing, so I have misguided perceiving, and then fail to receive all that God has for my life. We want to empower you to change the way you believe so you can change what you perceive, so your life can change what it receives. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. The last point, point number three, I'm way over time. Point number three, so faith advances, faith enters. Number three, faith sees. Faith sees, faith sees. Faith is the great equalizer. It's the great equalizer. If you read your Bibles, which we always encourage, you will find that the new covenant was a, was a magnificent global transformation. Up until Jesus, and even when you read at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, there was Israel, God's chosen nation. And then there were the Gentiles. When a Gentile woman comes, Jesus said, it's not good to take the children of Israel's bread and throw it to little dogs. But, but with Jesus, the game changed, the rules changed. No, no longer was there Jew or Gentile. No, no longer was there God's favor on the Israelites and everybody else was a spectator. Now, the gospel is, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whoever, that whosoever believes. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will have the light of life. He will not walk in darkness. Whoever believes in my name will cast out demons. And whoever believes shall. The, the, the New Testament is whosoever believes. Yeah, but you don't understand. I was born on the wrong side. Whosoever believes. Yeah, you don't understand. I've got the wrong skin color. Whosoever believes. It's the great equalizer. The great lie, the great lie, the great lie is that you need a man to help you up. My Bible tells me that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, the north or the south. My Bible tells me that all promotion comes from God. It doesn't matter whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're yellow, whether you're green. It doesn't matter whether you're tall, whether you're short. It doesn't matter whether you grew up in privilege or whether you grew up in poverty. The, the, the faith is the great equalizer because every, all the promises of God are accessed by faith. The Bible says it's through faith and patience we access the, the promises of God. Faith is the great equalizer. But you got to see that. You got to see that. You got to see that. We're going to put a scripture up as I'm coming to a close. I promise, Pastor Mike, please. Ephesians 1.19. Have a look at this. Ephesians 1 verse 19. I want you to, I'm going to read this, but I want you to read, read it with me. It says, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who, who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age which is to come. And He put all things. How many things? He put all things under His feet, Jesus' feet, and gave Him to be head over all things 
to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Keep going. Chapter 2, verse 1. And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also, we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. In Christ. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the power Far above every principality, every power, every throne, every might, every dominion, because God raised him up. And then chapter two says, and God has raised you and I up and seated you and I in Christ Jesus. That means you are above every principality, every power, every throne, every might, every dominion. But until you see your authority, You'll always be pestering Pastor Mike. You'll always be pestering Pastor Say, Can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Because you don't realize your authority. This week I got to listen to a song that's been written on this house with the theme of authority. And it's so, so perfectly timed because so many Christians don't recognize their authority. They don't recognize where you've been seated. Most Christians live with the delusion that that, that God saved you, but He did it reluctantly. All right, I saved you. Don't make me come back down there. Well, I'll smite you with me. He didn't just save you. The Bible says, and He raised us up and He seated us in Christ Jesus at His right hand, far above every prince. You don't speak... You don't speak on peer to the devil. You speak down to the devil. You are seated above the devil. You are seated above principalities. You are seated above thrones and authorities. The devil has to do what you tell him because you have authority over him because of Yeshua HaMashiach, because of what Jesus the Christ did. That's why those who believe will cast out demons. Why? Because you got authority over them. But if you see yourself as broken, as disqualified. Don't let the devil cause you to see yourself through his lens. Let God cause you to see yourself through the Word's lens, that you are seated with Christ. See, Jesus says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, bound in heaven. Yeah, but you know, under the circumstance, well, what are you doing under there? That doesn't look like a great way to live. Yeah, but under the circumstance, don't get out from under the circumstance. You're not meant to live under the circumstance, you're meant to rule over it. Teacher, don't you care we're perishing? Wind and waves beating into a boat. Peace be still. Because Jesus didn't live under circumstances. He knew He was set over them. You see differently when you believe differently.
We're here to create believers. For some of you, it's messing with your head because you feel like, oh, it sounds like a fairy tale. It's the gospel. Sometimes it sounds like it's just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off it. It's the gospel. The gospel is the glorious gospel. The Bible said it is the power of God to those who believe. It is the power of God to those who believe. Come on, would you close your eyes? I'm way over time. Pastor Mike already threatened me in the green room, said if you go over time today, I'm going to meet you with my knuckle dusters out in the parking lot. He's, he's quite a violent man. Pray for Pastor Mike. You're, you're in a house of faith. You're in a house of faith. I've been walking with Christ 36 years, coming up 36 years. And here's what I've discovered. Here's what I've discovered. That as my believing went up, my life went up. There was a correlation between what I, what I believed and what I began to see in my life. You have never surrendered. Maybe, maybe you grew up religious. That's, that's not a bad thing. Religion has some wonderful tenets. Maybe you grew up in church or but have you ever fully surrendered to Jesus? Because that's that's the game changer. If you've never surrendered, today's your day. Maybe you once walked with God, but today you're away from God or you've slipped away. Come back. Or maybe you just need a brand new start today. The most beautiful thing about Jesus, God and his house, the church, is that every week, every week you can get a brand new start. If I was honest with you, I'm the pastor, I'm probably on my 1,497th new start. I love that I can come, and he doesn't judge, he doesn't throw stones, he just washes me, fills me again. So if that's you, you need a new start, or you're just away from God, or or you've never surrendered to Christ, while well, every head is bowed, every eye closed, would you just lift your hand and I'm going to say a prayer for you if you're one of those three categories of people. And then I'm going to close. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Who else is there? Thank you, darling. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Thank you, young man. I see your hand. Thank you, sweetie. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? I'd love to pray. Thank you. through. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. God bless you. Is there anybody else? I just feel like there, there might be one or two more. Who, who, who are those ones? Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, sweetie, I see that hand. Thank you, sir, I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, darling, I see that hand. Amen. Church, why do we stand to our feet? So many of you raised your hands because I... Okay, fantastic. So this is what we're going to do. I want, to, I want to pray for you. And if I was honest with you, I thought I did a lousy job preaching. So I wasn't expecting anybody to respond, but it went way better than what I thought, Pastor Mike. So if just one or two people, it would be easy for me to get to where you are. But because so many of you raised your hands, I'm going to ask you to do something just a, a little bit courageous. I'm going to get down off this stage. I'm going to stand down here. The band's going to sing a song. Those of you that raise your hands, would you do something really courageous? Would you come and meet me down here? Let me shake your hand and because uh, I want to pray with you. I want it to be both personal and powerful. If you are sitting with someone that raised their hand, would you offer to walk with them? If you're sitting with someone who should have raised their hand, would you bring them down? If you raise your hand and you're sitting with a friend, ask them to walk with you. If you're like, hey, I don't need anybody to walk with me. Hey, knock yourself out. Come on down. 
uh, or, you know, well, I would have come forward if I'd known you were shaking hands and praying. Well, just come. So, church, why don't we put our hands together? And those that raise their hands, would you just begin to come? Just make your way. Just begin to come. Come on, let's put our hands together. Isn't this fantastic? round of applause. I'm just so proud of you guys. So proud of you guys. Would you do this with me? Would you just take a, take a quick second just to close your eyes? And I'm going to get everybody in the building to pray this prayer out loud. So I want you to say these words out loud and everyone's going to say it with you. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you today that you so love me. You sent Jesus Christ, your only son, on a rescue mission to save my soul. Lord Jesus, I believe that when you died on that cross, you took the punishment that all my sins deserved so that today I can be forgiven. I can be free. Heaven is my home. God is my Father. I am His child. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.